Welcome to the Allegory of Spots podcast series. Thanks for joining. In each episode, we introduce a new spot. We talk about how spots hinder our progression mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, and how to overcome any spot that may be holding you back. As you begin to move and apply the things you learn, you'll start to see weaknesses become strengths, and you'll begin to see and feel greater light come into your lives. I am Holly. And I'm here to introduce the first spot in the allegory of spots. And the first spot we're going to talk about is accountability. You may wonder, why is accountability a spot? Well, let's break it down into two words, account and ability. An account is a statement of conduct. The ability is the power or capacity to do or act in any relation or situation. So. For example, I had traveled back to New York with my family, and I had several little children and all of their luggage, and we were trying to gather up the luggage and the children from getting off the plane and all of the luggage, when all of a sudden I heard a woman in a very shrill scream saying, get out of my way, get out of my way. And I'm looking around thinking, Who's in her way? There were so many people. It was the most crowded airport I've ever been in. And she kept screaming it. And I looked at her and I said, are you, are you speaking to me? And she said, of course I'm speaking to you. Get out of my way. She had apparently collected all of her luggage and was ready to leave the airport. And I was just trying to gather all the little suitcases that we had. And, you know, I felt really bad about that. I thought I, I didn't mean to upset her and to have someone scream at me like that was a little unnerving. Never really wanted to go back to New York after that. I don't know if that was the, the turning point for me, but we all have choices. We all gather up our luggage and we're ready to move on. But the way we do it, the way we move on is important. The way we treat others is the ability. The account is that we're there in the airport. The ability is what we do next. So I want to share this story that my great-grandfather wrote. He lived in the area of southern Utah in, an, in a little town called Blanding, Utah. And he had this experience that taught not only himself, but all of his posterity and all of the townspeople, because he wrote for the newspaper, about this experience of account and ability. It's called Christmas, and my grandfather's name is Albert R. Lyman. And this was written in the old settler column that he had on December 23rd, 1943. It had been snowing and raining all night, and the rain was still falling in a miserable drizzle when I extinguished my old oil lamp and looked out on a sea of mud that Christmas morning. My family had all gone to spend the holidays with some of our relatives, but business gave me an excuse to stay home and I doted on the long, undisturbed hours I would give to my work on my big novel. I was so full of the weird and, and wild echoes of that novel that I had arisen long before daylight to write. After I looked out with satisfaction on the gray dawn, and feeling that the weather had conspired to complete my desired isolation, I lost myself again in the world of my fictitious.
fictitious situation and took no notice till noon that the rain had given way to a wretchedly cold and damp wind. At noon, I nibbled around the edges of some of the good things my wife had left for my Christmas dinner, expecting to lick the platter clean with a big relish when I should have passed the climax of my story in the evening. With nothing but the ticking of the clock and the pleasant crackle of my big fire to break the silence of the short afternoon, I was getting within the fevered proximity of the blood-freezing outcome when there came a knock at the door. Oh, why? And right now, when of all times I wanted to be left alone, the absolute monopolish of my solitude. But the fellow at the door didn't wait to knock again, and he pushed the door open slowly and looked in. It was an old Paiute. He was wet and cold, and looked much like a rat escaped from a sewer drain. Kismas, he croaked, not as a greeting but as an appeal, and stepped in through the doorway, reeking with thin mud up to his hips. I had him try to clean off himself a little before coming further, but it was useless. He was soaked through. Also, he was faint and hungry, looking for some place to sink down and rest. As he bent over the fire, the unsavory smell of his body and his smoky camp filled the room. He removed the ragged remnant of what had been his shoes, now shapeless and distorted with mud, and put his chilled feet out to the flame. Keep bold, he shivered. Keep hungry. I would have given anything for some way of dismissing him at once, before the white heat of my story began to cool. I simply had no time or inclination for him at that time. All the available food I had, besides stale leftovers, was the special reservation of that Christmas dinner, which I was already anticipating with watering mouth. And all I had in the way of clothes, not already occupied, were my high shoes, my new Levi's and leather jacket, all fairly new and quite indispensable. For when I should tear into my work the next day, I lacked little of being angry at the untimely intrusion, and I felt too infernal mean to think of much less to deserve any reward for doing the big and generous thing. When I looked into the old man's sunken, bloodshot eyes, some impulse of compassion tugged at my heartstrings, and then the great Christmas spirit whispered clearly to the ears of my soul, Poor old fellow, give him your high tops. Give him your Levi's and your leather jacket and that Navajo blanket on the floor. Give him your dinner. You don't need it. But the Christmas spirit never lingers long in an atmosphere stifling with selfishness. And when it had gone, discouraged away, another very different spirit whispered loudly, Get this old beggar out of the way before you lose the high-geared inspiration to which you have been working up since the small hours of the morning. Feed him some leftovers and dig something out of the rag bag and have him get on his way. All the same. When he had gone, I stood uncomfortably by the window and watched him trudging slowly away over the wintry ridge toward the Indian camps in the gulch. On a bitter cold morning three days later, 
Someone happened to tell me that an old Indian had died down in the camps. There was really no sufficient reason why I should walk all the way down there. Through the snow and biting cold, I was very busy and, and had no time to go. All the same, I went. I just, I just had to. Answering my questions, the Paiutes directed me to a wretched, old, desolate wickiup with a tattered rag of a blanket covering the doorway, and they regarded me as some kind of evil spirit for wanting to go in there. Within the old wickiup, by the white ashes of what had been a small fire, the old man lay dead on a worn and filthy sheepskin. He wore the miserable rags which I had so generously given him. His sunken old eyes were but terrible slits through which I could see the dull, glassy reminders of what that Christmas spirit had whispered to me in vain. I can't tell it, and I don't want to recall and try to relate how I felt. I lifted the tattered blanket again at the doorway and came out into the crisp forenoon wind. A pack of Paiute wolf dogs held their disapprobation around me as I left the camps. But I was telling myself and finding little consolation in it. If it were possible to live that Christmas day over, I would live it in a way that leaves no such taste in my mouth as this which was not washed out even with the delicacies of that Christmas dinner. My great-grandfather, Albert R. Lyman, published that story in his column that he wrote in the local newspaper there called The Old Settler, and it was written December 23, 1943. I always thought it was very brave that he gave the account of where he was, what his mindset was as he looked forward to writing that story, and yet he discovered within himself that he wished his ability and his choice there would have been different, that he had handled things differently. Should we all take an inventory of our behaviors and our actions and figure out where we want to change and how we want to change and repent of the things that are not serving us well and start behaving better? Wake up. Wake up. Take full account of your actions. There's a quote by David O. McKay that I have loved for years. It explains how we have an option because we are tempted all the time, but we always have our choice. And this quote by David O. McKay is wonderful. See if it helps you in your desire to become better. Your weakest point will be the point at which Satan tries to tempt you and will try to win you. And if you have made it weak before you've undertaken to serve the Lord, he will add to that weakness. Resist him, and you will gain in strength. He will tempt you in another point. Resist him, and he becomes weaker, and you become stronger until you can say, no matter what your surroundings may be, get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and only him shalt thou serve. So what are the challenges that we have in our lives? We have an account, maybe presented with a situation, and we have ability. We have the option to choose. There are homeless people all around us. You see our government's throwing all kinds of money at the situation. But I believe Christ left us with all the tools. He left us with the priesthood to bless 
people. He left with us the ability to think and to share, even in the story of Enoch, how an entire city was raised up because there were no poor nor sick among them. Everyone was equal. How do we apply these principles that Christ taught us and lift and build each other? How would we have no poor, no sick, no homeless? It's up to us as we try to move forward in our responsibility and in our accountability. We have the account, we have situations, and we have ability. We have a way to choose. We have the choice to make decisions for good or bad. 